So by Monday, this podcast will be toast because guys will like Jimmy Butler will be in Philly or in Houston. Three, two, and one. The JT and Looney podcast. I'm not the man I think I am at home. I, no, no, no. I'm a rocket man. Episode 17. Tom Looney, NBA free agency remains a frenzy. This is the greatest free agency offseason of our lifetime is we're ready for iconic players to change teams. Well, what's really become exciting about the NBA is over the years, you and I say that every summer. This is the greatest free agency of our lifetime, and it happens over and over again, which is great for the NBA as a brand because it seems like the soap opera is even in, in the talk and the yak on sports talk TV and sports talk radio is maybe even more exciting than the games when Charlotte is playing Phoenix. So really excited. And of course, happy days are here again for my Lakers. Not only do they have two superstars currently on the roster, on the roster, but I predict, and remember, I have said this all along. I've tweeted it. I've said it in previous JT and Looney podcasts. And that is, it was constant drumming, lazy, fake news that Kawhi Leonard had any interest in the Clippers or would go to the Clippers, I continue to think it is. And we will see by next week if I'm a fool or if I'm right. Our mutual friend, George Sedano from ESPN radio in LA and ESPN TV. He came on the radio with me earlier in the week and said the same thing. He was all in on Kawhi. He said, Kawhi is going to look at the Lakers and possibly choose the Lakers. And I said, wait a second, no chance in hell. First off, Steve Ballmer and the Clippers have set aside everything for this presentation and this pitch. And oh, nothing. He was the number one guy behind Bill Gates and Paul Allen at Microsoft at one point. This guy knows a PowerPoint. He is officially the richest owner in all of sports now that Paul Allen has passed away. Rest in peace. This guy's coming in with everything he has and the Lakers, as you talk about getting the meeting, but what do you think about Toronto and Kawhi giving them enough respect to say that they will get the last look, the last presentation will come from the world champion Toronto Raptors. Well, he knows that that's the polite thing to do. It doesn't mean he has any interest in going back to Toronto. And I don't know that he doesn't. He had a lot of fun as human beings. We all suffer from recency bias especially as sports fans we do but just as human beings it's kind of human nature so i i think that that's normally the protocol and that's what he wants to follow it's good pr he's a polite guy we barely know what his voice sounds like so we know he's not obnoxious uh but i do think it's going to be too hard you know look at his age it's going to be too hard not to want to be a los angeles laker and it's really going to be difficult, look at his age, look at anybody's age, to ever dream of being a Los Angeles Clipper. He's not impressed by money, JT. He's got it. He's not impressed by Balmer. He's got it. And who says Balmer is good at a PowerPoint? Balmer is good at doing homework, as those engineering guys are. And we do know he has a bigger personality than most engineers, which doesn't say much. But he is pretty outrageous. It doesn't mean... He can pull in Kawhi Leonard because the problem, it's not Balmer. It's the Clippers. And that brand is tainted same way the Jaguars are tainted. It doesn't matter if the Jaguars have the money and the ability to get Tom Brady. 
He doesn't want to play there. And the same thing here. You got one of the Tom Brady's of the NBA, and I doubt he wants to. The only reason he's it's probably good business to talk to the Clippers. I guarantee you they're not number one on his wish list. Well, this is what's fascinating because Kevin Durant, and we'll get to him in a moment, is injured. And if Kevin Durant was not injured, if he was 100% healthy, the Warriors would have won the title. Sorry, Toronto. Fact, not fiction. If Durant was at 100%, the Warriors would have had four championships in five years. And I really believe Durant would have left healthy after accomplishing three championships and all those great accomplishments, and he would have went to the Knicks. Now the Knicks, who have two max spots available, might get shut out and get nobody, and I mean nobody, from Kemba Walker to uh, Kyrie to Kawhi to Durant. They're not getting Clay. Uh, Boogie Cousins, if he goes to the Knicks, it'll be on a one-year deal. It shouldn't be a max contract. So going into free agency, and we really appreciate you listening to the JT and Looney podcast because this is a quick one, and what we're going to do post-NBA free agency is more of a deeper dive. But I think, Tom, it's more fascinating what I've seen from a media perspective in the last two weeks with everybody throwing blank up against the wall, having nothing, even Woj, Adrian Wojnarowski, who's the number one guy, our friend Stephen A. Smith, they're all telling you rumors and admitting their rumors. Nobody has a guy on the inside saying this is going to happen. Book it. We're just waiting till Sunday into Monday when free agency officially starts. But I can guarantee you that Jimmy Butler is going to be a rocket or he's staying in Philadelphia. Can you remember a time when NBA insiders literally had nothing other than guessing where these guys are going to land. It's interesting you say that. And we've always talked about that, how ideas become stories. Like there was an idea that LeBron would be interested in the Philadelphia 76ers last year because he would fit so well into that young roster. That was an idea from a columnist. It had no basis in fact, but that idea became part of other people's columns and other people's talk radio shows because they got to fill time. Same thing going on here. And I got a, I got a deep Laker source, but it's interesting that you do say that even my deep Laker source, it says that, you know, the Lakers are really confident they're going to get Kawhi Leonard, but he's also says that he's not quite sure where this confidence comes from. You know, I shouldn't use the pronoun he. He, she, or trans has told me that he's not quite sure where the confidence comes from. He knows they cleared space with Kawhi in mind. Now, Kyrie did that apology tour with LeBron last year. Was really disappointed he didn't become a Laker a couple of years ago. Lakers were willing to trade that Lonzo pick to get Kyrie and supposedly Jeannie turned it down at the last minute because of Intel, negative Intel on Kyrie Irving. He's the backup plan for, and by the way, is this a lock solid source? Yes. But is this lock solid information? Eh, this is speculation I'm from my lock solid source uh, with the Lakers that Kyrie would be the backup plan if they don't get Kawhi Leonard. Well, I think Kyrie is a really interesting and a fascinating player in all of free agency because he's a guy, he's a mercenary now. He doesn't care where he plays. When you leave the Boston Celtics, when you leave the Celtics with the banners, Bill Russell, the late John Havlicek, Red Auerbach, Larry Bird, when you got the bleeping balls to leave that franchise and go to Brooklyn 
or go to be the third wheel with LeBron. He was went from Cleveland. He moved around a bit. He's a mercenary now. And Durant could be considered that too, the ultimate mercenary. He left Oklahoma City when they were up three games to one, lost to Clay Thompson and the Warriors. And then he won two championships in Golden State, which was smart for his legacy and career with the two MVPs in the finals. He wouldn't have received that in Oklahoma City or with the Knicks or another team. And for LeBron, what I'm fascinated is LeBron has a stranglehold, which is a word that I used on radio and I'll use on the podcast. Mm -hmm. He has a a stranglehold on the Laker organization with Rich Paul, Clutch Sports, and what they're doing. They're in complete control. And for you – who I consider a Laker insider Mm -hmm. and Jeannie Buss and Rob Palenka and the history of the Lakers, which, you know, we all got to get cut to the chase. LeBron and Rich Paul are making these decisions, not Rob Palenka and Jeannie Buss and the Rambuses. What they're doing is when LeBron decides who he's going to pick, i.e. Anthony Davis, they got rid of six players in two separate trades to new Orleans, and now the Washington Wizards, because LeBron wanted a clear salary cap room and players to get one more future Hall of Famer. And it could be Kyrie, it could be Kawhi, whoever it's going to be. This is fascinating to me. The player has the power. It's the ultimate dream scenario for the NBA Players Association. The union and the elite athlete have more power than the owner or, dare I say, the governoress. We'll get to that a little bit later on. LeBron's running the Lakers. Yeah, but it's not not common. It's not a dream for the players. You know why? Because no other players have this power. This is what's called a throwout statistic, an anomaly. And so is LeBron, because very few people ever are this calm, cool, collected, and smart and savvy, A. And usually when people are calm, cool, collected, smart, and savvy and great businessmen, athlete isn't usually used in the same sentence. With LeBron, you can use that in the same sentence. So he's a brand. He's a brand manager. And very few athletes come along that have the ability to dictate like he does, if, if you are completely 100% correct. And, and so this isn't a dream for the uh, players because not many play, many play, it's still a dream for the players to have as much power as LeBron because not many players are as good as LeBron in the court and as savvy as he is off the court. Do you like yourself a Woj bomb? Oh, yes. Yeah, I got a good one. Because- Adrian Wojnowski. I went to a Polish school, as you know, a, a Polish uh, grammar school. We used to call them back in the day. Now you sound old if you use grammar school. An elementary, a Polish elementary school, St. Casimir's. So I love the Wojnowski bombs. Well, well, podcasts are recorded live, but people listen to them right on delay. So as we record the JT and Looney podcast, Woj puts out Golden State is planning to offer all-star Clay Thompson a five-year, $190 million max contract when free agency opens up Sunday at 6 p.m. Eastern, which is expected to accelerate the process with this. So we're assuming this, Woj is, we all knew this, that Clay is a lock to stay with the Warriors. He'll rehab the injury in Oakland before they move to San Francisco. He'll sit out well past the All-Star break. But congratulations, because we expected this, Tom. And what's fun about this podcast, by the end of the podcast, we're going to, on the record, tell you where all of these guys will end up. 
so you'll be able to correct us or troll us or tweet right. with us, do whatever you want. But Clay Thompson never, ever wanted to leave this organization. He loves the Golden State Warriors, not his dad's franchise, Michael Thompson, the color analyst for the Lakers. He's happy in Oakland, now moving to San Francisco, Tom. I do think also, well, we assume he never wanted to leave anywhere. And I think also based on his personality, where if you went to Baskin Robbins and had to pick his personality, you know where I'm going here, it would be French vanilla. Uh, I think it's perfect. He doesn't want to be the guy. He's a team guy. He's a team. And I'm not even point, you know, not everybody has to be Mr. Animated and that's fine. He's got animated guys on his team who can suck the oxygen out of the room or take all the technical fouls, et cetera. He just wants to play basketball and not, and if so, if he, he could score 50 points a game, but it doesn't bother him that he doesn't. And so I do think it's the perfect situation for him. I don't know that he didn't ever want to play anywhere else. You adore your father. He adores his father. So he probably always dreamed of playing for the Lakers. Don't count the Lakers out when it comes to Clay Thompson either, because sometimes you have to set your game aside to be the third wheel as he's done with the Golden State Warriors. And he would have to do the same thing with LeBron James and Anthony Davis. So it's not the worst scenario in the world to take a little less money and go to the LA Lakers and also be a third wheel who wouldn't always be in the spotlight. Don't count the Lakers out when it comes to Clay Thompson. One of the big things about any free agency, it could be any sport, baseball, NFL, is the panic. I love the panic that goes on during free agency because oh, yeah. the team, the team that's going to lose the great player is in a panic. The teams that are in the hunt to get the player are in a panic. And the fans are all losing their minds because they want to get a player because it's the quickest way to improve the team. Mm. You see, in the NFL, the NFL – I'm a big believer. I love NFL free agency, but I've I've seen it long enough with the Patriots especially that the best way to build the championship is with the draft. The Patriots have proven that. And the Cowboys with Jimmy Johnson, they did some trades when he took over. But remember, they drafted Troy Aikman and they drafted Michael Irvin and they drafted Emmett Smith and they drafted a dynasty team there. So I believe the best way to do it is via the draft, not in the NBA. We just saw two number two picks overall who are babies, fresh out of diapers. Brandon Ingram and Lonzo Ball get traded to New Orleans, and they're number two picks overall. So free agency is the way to win quickly in the NBA. And that brings us to the Houston Rockets. Daryl Morey, everybody wants to turn this mathematician, this you know, Sabre metrics guy into some type of genius. I think he is the genius of panic because every off season, it seems like the most desperate team is the Rockets. Tom, as they're clearing cap space, they're putting everyone on the trade block, i.e. the same thing the Lakers did because they think they can get Jimmy Butler in a sign and trade from Philadelphia because Jimmy Butler holds all the power. If Philly doesn't sign and trade him to where he wants to go, Jimmy Butler will leave Philly and they'll get nothing in return. I'm also fascinated on that topic. Well, here's, a, here's another topic too, right? Well, that's interwoven with that. Who would be a more annoying third wheel and who would be more annoyed by being a third wheel? Jimmy Butler or Kyrie Irving? 
that's a great point. I think you <laughs> yeah, I, I think, <laughs> Kyrie, Kyrie is an egomaniac. He's a moody guy. He's older than he looks. There's so much wear. Remember, people talked about how many times Dwayne Wade went to the ground in his right. career. Like people, right. people charted that out. Uh, Kyrie's ahead of that pace. I mean, every time he goes to the rim, he crashes to the floor. He looks 10 years older than he actually is. But Jimmy Butler, I don't get Jimmy Butler. He's a great scorer, and he plays some ferocious defense at times in games, and he's a two-way player. But I've never been a guy who thought that Jimmy Butler, and we'll get to Kemba coming up here in a little bit, Kemba Mm. Walker. I never thought of those guys as full max guys. I thought they were guys that you'd – move money around and you'd get a ton of money, but you wouldn't max out with them. And how do you expect Mike D'Antoni to do with Jimmy Butler, Chris Paul, and James Harden? Are you kidding me? You think D'Antoni can handle that? Head case, head case, head case. It might be a different, but you know, chemistry is overrated. You know, Lakers were full of head cases when they were going back to back to back over the years, whether you want to look at the Kobe Powell years with Ron Artest. (laughs) As as the third uh, third option and the third head case, or uh, the Kobe Shaq years, and people not getting along uh, within that franchise. So you know, sometimes teams with with uh, crappy chemistry can still go all the way, and teams with good chemistry can barely uh, win a game. So sometimes that's just something that we talk about when we have microphones and hours to fill on radio, TV, and podcasts. But, you know, when you're talking about Kyrie being all over the place, interesting you say that if you follow him on any social media, Instagram, Twitter, et cetera, he is constantly all over the place. He's in China one day. He's on a banana boat the other day. He's in the Bahamas. He's in Florida. He is traveling all over the world, expanding the exposure of his brand. And I think, uh, you know, one thing you do point out, no matter what you want to say that we can't prove about him being a head case, one thing that we can prove is that he leaves it all out on the floor. And you're talking about the Iverson-esque way that he plays and that he's always on the floor and that he is older than he looks. So I do think as guys get older, Jimmy Butler and Kyrie Irving also get older, they mature in a Chris Carter way. And maybe the third time will be a charm with Kyrie in L.A., or Jimmy Butler in Houston. If you go play with LeBron and now Anthony Davis and you become the third Hall of Famer, I'm not talking all-star. You're you're the right. third Hall of Famer. And there could be a chance to go get four because after they go and get uh, the big max guy that they're planning on getting, they could get another guy at the mid-level exemption. But the thing that's fascinating about the Lakers going forward is they officially, as of this podcast, no matter what they do, have no bench. I mean, no <laughs> bench at all. No and I think the Warriors, I think the Warriors, the difference with the Warriors, they had an outstanding bench and Kerr used it. He went eight to 10 deep. He played those green bananas early in the season. Sean Livingston, Andre Iguodala, didn't matter who was coming off those bench, that bench, they were ready to play. The Lakers will not have that luxury. And you got a bunch of guys with the Lakers, LeBron getting older, Anthony Davis, who was gutless last year, gutless with load management, sitting out while healthy so he wouldn't jeopardize a move to the Lakers. Healthy days and nights where Anthony Davis would not play. The organization did not want to put him out on the court. And then say they get Kyrie, who we've talked about, and Kawhi. Kawhi only played 60 games. And I want to hit on that as we wrap this up and we go into our Super 7 
We make our selections for the top seven free agents. When I look at Kawhi only playing 60 games, Toronto did two things. They rolled the dice with the greatest, I think, rental trade in NBA history to get him, and it worked. But then they let him rest, and they only let him play 60 games. And by doing that, it's a copycat league, Tom. So don't be surprised if Anthony Davis only plays 60 games, Boogie Cousins only oh, plays 60. Because right. if it worked for Kawhi, it could work for everybody else. And the fans that are going to get screwed over are those fans who expect to see 82 games or 80, and they're going to get 65. That means those legends aren't going to play at home and on the road. Well, not unless you're a Laker fan, because that means if Kawhi's resting, you get to watch LeBron James and Anthony Davis play. And if Anthony Davis is resting, you get to watch LeBron James and Kawhi Leonard play. And if LeBron's resting, you get to watch uh, Kawhi Leonard and Anthony Davis play. And you're talking about who the other guys might be on the Lakers, whether or not. It's uh, what, whoever the big three are on the Lakers, because it looks now they're gonna like they're gonna have a big three. They're still no matter who the other guys are in the Lakers, and we don't know who they're gonna be. We do know one thing: they're gonna be better than Shannon Brown <laughs> and Daniel Gibson and Drew Gooden and Larry Hughes and Zildrina Selkowskis and Marsh, you know, Danielle Marshall. <laughs> Ira Nubel, that's who that's who LeBron took to the NBA finals. And you forgot about Booby, Booby Gibson and Eric Snow. And those guys, don't you think that no matter what, the Laker roster will be better than matter of fact, any roster that LeBron James ever took to the finals. Remember the last time he went to the finals with the Cavaliers, they did have Kevin Love who was hurt and Kyrie Irving who was hurt. So he said this'll be this'll be no matter who's on this Laker roster in addition to the big three, they're going to be able to give the Golden State Warriors a run for the money because the Golden State Warriors aren't going to have Kevin Durant and Clay Thompson's not going to be, uh, who knows if he's going to be there or if he is, he'll return in March and April just in time for the playoffs. Who knows if they'll be ready and what their record will be at that time. I won't bet my house, but I'll bet my condo at the Palms that J.R. Smith is a Laker. <laughs> okay? Oh, yes. That J.R. Smith comes out of the tunnel opening night with a Laker jersey on, and he'll be one of the bench mob, literally the bench mob. Hey, you know in hockey when you've always heard this story that there at every NHL game there's always a goalie in the stands, a recreational goalie in case there's an emergency and both right. the goalies get hurt. Uh, right. That's what's going to be the best part about being a Laker fan this year. I think there are going to be really good, Venice Beach basketball players planted in the crowd in that genie oh, yes. section. And then when someone gets hurt and the Lakers don't have enough, they don't have enough bodies because they only have six players on the team, someone's going to dress at halftime and come out from the stands and play for your but Lakers. It's, but it's not going to be Venice Beach guys. It'll be big three guys. Oh, you yeah. Know? It'll, yeah, it'll it'll be Lamar Odom and Carmelo Anthony guys like that. They're going to be you know friends of LeBron. They're going to be waiting in the stands. So yeah, we might see some colorful characters on the Lakers this year, and they're still going to be better than a lot of the rosters that the Cavaliers took to the finals with LeBron James or that LeBron James carried on his back into the finals over the years. And it's going to be guys whose names we've heard, like Carmelo Anthony. Don't be surprised if Carmelo Anthony is a yeah. Laker. Don't be surprised, as you mentioned, J.R. Smith as well. And uh, those are guys who are champions and have rings. So that's a good thing for me. <laughs> what I love about this podcast as our downloads are growing. The reviews have been outstanding. Thanks to everybody who's listening. We greatly appreciate it. Is this podcast has the balls the gravitas to make predictions. Yes. So, so here we go with the Super 7. 
Looney and I are going to choose all seven of these players and where they end up in free agency next week. With all due respect to Clay Thompson, we're going to leave him off the list, just like he was left off the All-NBA team and lost millions for that because we know he's going to stay with the Warriors, so that's a given. So, Tom Looney, I'm going to go through the Super 7, and you're going to tell me where they end up. I don't okay. need money. I don't need the length of the deal. I don't need okay. the match. Oh, I, just I don't need want to bore anybody with that. I think anybody who's listening to Sports Talk right now has, has, doesn't care, give a crap about cap space or how much room a team has they just care who's on the team yeah so i'm I'm glad you're not going to talk about how many years and what the deal will be most sports fans don't care they're just driving in the store and they want to know who's going to be on what team so let's go we start off with the durantula the two-time finals mvp kevin durant on a blown out achilles i'll go first he re-signs on a one-year deal a one-and-one, one-year deal with a one-year player option to remain with the Warriors. My theory is Durant will rehab with the Warriors, play, try to get there for the playoffs in the new building, which I doubt he'll do, and then Durant will be healthy and enter free agency the following year or two. Well, I hope he's healthy. No one's ever come back from an Achilles tear ever. With a wink and a nod to Dominique Wilkins, the human highlight film. Someone will always point that out. But one is Zero's next-door neighbor. So I, I, I worry about that for Kevin Durant. And I do think you're right about that. They know him as a human being. A lot of other teams would be would be considered foolish to re-sign Kevin Durant. And just for the uh, well-being of their fan base, who they want to come to a new place to watch the games, you're absolutely right. It's the best pick for them as the Golden State Warriors business-wise not in terms of wins and losses, and for him, because I don't know if a lot of other teams are going to roll the dice on that. We continue with the Super 7 in free agency. Jimmy Butler is up currently with the Sixers. Heavy rumors of a sign-and-trade. And Houston, no doubt, is making moves and room to try to get them. So I think Houston realizes with all of the available super free agents that Jimmy Butler is their best bet. I hate to do it. I'm going to buy into this rumor bullshit. I think Jimmy Butler ends up with Mike D'Antoni, Chris Paul, and James Harden. I have Jimmy Butler on a sign-and-trade to the Houston Rockets. Well, I'm glad to hear you say bullshit. Earlier you said blank against the wall <laughs> like you were on real radio, <laughs> forgetting that uh, we are in our basements doing a podcast. Uh, uh, Jimmy Butler, they need Jimmy Butler uh, because Chris Paul – can only give you 40 or 50 games a year. He gets hurt a lot. So they will need Jimmy Butler as a backup healthy player because a lot of times they're not going to have the big three on the same floor in Houston. Okay, we continue with the Super 7, and we move on to a name that everyone likes to say. Like the first name my son ever said was Kobe. He didn't say mom or dad. He just said Kobe. Same thing over in Charlotte. Little boys say Kemba. Kemba. They love Kemba. Yes. And I think Kemba, who had a great run at UConn, won a national championship, brilliant player. He becomes an intriguing, intriguing free agent for one main reason. If Michael Jordan can't retain Kemba Walker, he should sell the team. He should sell this team if he cannot retain 
a player who's not Durant, he's not Kawhi, he's not Bird or Magic, and Michael Jordan's better than all those guys I just mentioned. So I'm buying into it too. I think Kemba Walker, Danny Ainge is desperate. They have a lot of ability to make a move there. I think Kemba Walker turns out to be that stealth player who ends up with a desperate Boston Celtics, Kemba to Boston. That seems to be the popular pick for popular people right now for Kemba Walker to go to Boston. I don't know that he's going to leave Charlotte. Kemba Walker's a guy that could have gone to the NBA draft but stayed behind to get his college education. How many guys like that are in the NBA? Do you think he would shun more money? A guy with a college education, JT, would he shun more money? to go play in Boston or would he want to stay in Charlotte where he might be more comfortable? A lot of times black athletes, their agents have to tell him he might not be that comfortable in Boston. It's a dirty little secret in sports and not the biggest secret. Anybody who follows anything social politically, I don't think he's going to Boston. He'll stay in Charlotte. Yeah. You, you know, if you're right on that, and again, everybody will react to this. It's smart for him. He already told Michael Jordan, he'd, he'd take less, a little bit of a discount to stay. Mm-hmm. And he gets to play for Michael Jordan in a market that he owns, but he has an opportunity to be a Celtic and remember the UConn connection and playing in the Northeast and knowing what the history of the Celtics are. You get a chance to put on the green and white and potentially win a championship. Ask Paul Pierce how that worked out. Ask Kevin Garnett how that worked out. I have Kemba going to the Celtics. We move on. Let's stay with the Celtics and go Al Horford, which was I'm putting him in the Super 7 Mm -hmm. For a number of reasons. I think he's a great player because he can do so many things. He can play on the low block. He can play the four, the five, the three. He's a great teammate. Everybody seems to love him. And when he opted out of his Celtic deal, I think people are moving on saying he's done with the Celtics. I think that Horford is going to be an intriguing player because I'm more confused where he could go. He could go play. Completely confused. Yeah. He could go play with Giannis in Milwaukee and play with him as a twin towers, because I think Milwaukee's going to lose some talent here in free agency. But I think Al Horford will be a Brooklyn net. The dominoes are supposed to fall off the Brooklyn bridge at some point. Brooklyn's supposed to be also a popular destination. I think Horford will get a max $100 million deal. I have Al Horford going to the Brooklyn Nets. And remember, with the Los Angeles Lakers, don't end up with Kawhi Leonard. They have a lot of money to spend. I know their second choice is Kyrie Irving. Who says that's a guarantee? So don't be surprised if there's a wild card pick, and that's what it's going to be for me here, a wild card a weekend here in the NBA, and Al Horford ends up on the Los Angeles Lakers in an L.A. Laker uniform. I know nobody's t- been talking about it, but I have my sources saying he's, a, you know, he, he is on the, uh, uh, he, he's on the list. It's, it's further down on the list, but things can go very wrong sometimes in free agency. Otherwise, it's the Nets. Let's move to Boogie Cousins before we get to the final two. Okay. I think Boogie will I think Boogie will do a short-term deal with the Knicks because my Knicks are going to strike out with their two max slots. And I think that what they'll do is instead of giving Boogie a max deal, which he doesn't deserve due to his injury, but he's a great player. He's an all-star. He's one of the few true big men with skills in this league. I think because the Knicks have young players in R.J. Barrett, Kevin Knox, they got a decent point guard and they're waiting. I think they're going to sit out this year and wait another year 
for two max slots in free agency. I think Boogie Cousins is going to sign a short-term deal with the Knickerbockers. I have a feeling Cousins will end up in the Lakers in a short, cap-friendly deal. That seems to make my answer to a lot of things. Yeah. But, it's, but it's also, surprisingly enough, he is on the short list of other options. And I'm not necessarily a fan of this. I'm not hoping for this like I am the others. Because he, he he tore his Achilles, he, he looked like Herman Munster out there playing for the Golden State Warriors near the end of the season. But I do have a feeling Cousins will end up on the Lakers on a short cap friendly deal, as fancy sportscasters love to use the word cap. Well, thank God we're doing this podcast before free agency because you're filling out the Laker roster, something we were very <laughs> concerned about. Uh, let's move to the final two big ones. Let's go with Kyrie. Uh, this is a big one because I right. think Kyrie, every day we get closer to free agency, I think he's closer to being a Laker with LeBron. Uh, LeBron, which where everybody's watching him in the gym, everybody's watching if he's going to take off to the private Santa Monica airport to get on the Genie Bus jet and start recruiting the way the Hampton Five did to go get Kevin Durant out in the Hamptons. We haven't seen that from LeBron. He has a direct dial to Kyrie. Uh, Kyrie, I would have loved to have seen him with the Knicks because I think him running the point with another Max player along with R.J. Barrett and Kevin Knox would have had the Knicks as a three or four seed. I'm hoping it's he still goes to New York with the Knicks, but I think he's going to go to Brooklyn. Kyrie is going to Brooklyn. He will be the face of the franchise at the Barclays Center. Kyrie Irving will be a Brooklyn net. Kyrie Irving's first choice is the Lakers. He was really disappointed when he didn't end up a Laker two years ago. Uh, As you know, he did the apology tour with LeBron. He is not their first choice. If Kyrie Irving doesn't end up on the Lakers, he will end up on the Nets. So we're both with the Nets. Yep. Nice on that one. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then finally, let's go to Kawhi coming off a championship, a championship in San Antonio, finals MVP, a championship in Toronto, the King of the North, finals MVP, a man who built a $13 million mansion in Rancho Santa Fe, uh, north of San Diego from Riverside. I watched him play at San Diego State in the Mountain West Tournament. I'll never forget the game. I believed all along that Kawhi Leonard will be the face of the franchise of the L.A. Clippers. I think the Clippers are finally all in. They found their guy. And Steve Ballmer, wink, wink, is going to give them all the perks to make up for all the millions, the 49 to 50 million he'll leave on the table going from Canada to Los Angeles, let alone lifestyle and cost of living and state taxes in your beautiful city. I have Kawhi going to the Clippers. Wow. You're going to take the safe bet with Kawhi going to the Clippers, which I, I say your safe bet is fake news. I've been saying that forever. It's one of those, one of those stories and ideas that has become lighter than air. And that I never believed that the Clippers would be his first choice because and forget all, forget everything else. Remember he's a mercurial guy and mercurial guys, especially have grown up his he's grown up his entire life based on his age where the clipper franchise is pu what stinks oh that's the clippers they've been the biggest laughing stock in the nba all of his life so i don't i never thought there was a chance that Kawhi leonard would go to the clippers the one uh, if you take the top three choices and the top three likelihoods for or the likely teams that Kawhi leonard will go to it will be one lakers Two, re-sign with the Toronto Raptors. 
or three, someone else. It's not going to be the Clippers. Well, we're divided on that because yeah. you've always said it. No, no little yeah. boy, no little boy ever grew up wanting to be a Clipper. And that hurts Never. the Clippers, and, and, and that sucks. And it's and it hurts the Knicks too. Tanks for nothing. That the that that the, the entire their entire life of anybody right now who's a free agent. The Knicks have been terrible, and all the PR surrounding the Knicks has been terrible. So nobody realizes the great history. You know, plumbers don't know the history of plumbing. And a lot of times NBA players don't know the history of the NBA guy guys with microphones know the history of the NBA. Cause we grew up not only watching sports, but, but reading the uh, sports records books because we were sports geeks, but it doesn't mean that guys grow up playing basketball and love basketball and eat, sleep and drink basketball are necessarily studying the history of their great game. They're just playing it and living it. So he, a lot of a lot of free agents don't know the great history of Madison Square Garden from the Barnum and Bailey Circus to the <laughs> New York Knickerbockers and great fights and Ali Frazier won in 71, et cetera. They don't know that about signing with the Knicks and how great that would be. They just know that they've always sucked and that really plays in to, that's really an ingredient in the soup when it comes to young free agents. Well, quick turnaround for NBA free agency. This will all change by the time we produce our next podcast, but we wanted to give you the big seven to see where they're going to end up, and we'll come back and we'll have a checklist to see if it worked out. And I think it's going to be a long, long time till <laughs> touchdown brings me around. I get to find I'm not the man I think I am at home. I, no, no, no. I'm a rocket man. I saw the movie Rocket Man, and I liked it. I don't oh. know if I loved it. I'm going to go back and see it again because, Tom Looney, you've always taught me as one of my best friends that Hollywood dumps its garbage in the summer. So you scared me to go see a movie at some point in the beginning of the summertime, but I went and saw Elton John. No, 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 no wait. I, I don't want you to misquote me. I said between January and May. So this is a good time to go back. No. To the, this is now when I allow people to go back to the movies. I always made the announcement at the beginning of June <laughs> on our okay. radio show. Yeah, you can go now, and now is fine. No, Hollywood dumps their garbage between January and May. Everyone's free to go to the movies not from now till Christmas. All right, so I gave up my man card when I went and saw La La Land with my <laughs> wife. And when I had a hand in my man card when I walked into the movie, I did it because I was going to see a musical right. like Moulin Rouge. Ugh. And I, I felt, oh, why am I going to see Jake Gyllenhaal in, oh, no, excuse me, Ryan Gosling, with all due respect to Jake Gyllenhaal. Why am I going <laughs> to see Ryan Gosling dance on cars on the 405 freeway? But then the movie ended up winning the Academy Award. Good news for me is I didn't have to hand in my man card going in to see Rocket Man. Well, you already lost it I before. Had, <laughs> I lost it, and I had no idea it was a musical. But then the movie opens up, and people are dancing on restaurant tables. And as they're acting, they stop acting, and they stop dancing, and they get into musical scenes. So my wife loved it. I gave it three and a half out of five bricks. But I'm going to go back and see it again because I'm such a big Elton John fan. Well, I and see that there, there's the ultimate compliment. Uh, you would like to go back and see it again. I'm always a little annoyed too in the P.T. Barnum movie with Hugh Jackman. P.T. Barnum is one of the most fascinating Amer Americans ever. He pulled himself up by bootstraps when he couldn't afford bootstraps, 
and he had an a, amazing life. So I thought that would be a great movie, but there was a little too much singing and dancing with me. They're tr- Hollywood is kind of trying to revive the musicals of the forties, fifties and sixties where everything, and I don't just, I just, I don't think it works. However, it worked with this film for me. I thought it was terrific. It's the best movie so far that I've seen this year. Again, coming in with a complete bias. I thought it was probably going to be a lot more cocaine and a lot less musical. I didn't know. <laughs> I was warned by you ahead of time. So at least some of that. Uh, so, so I was less surprised than I could have been. They started singing and dancing long before I thought they were going <laughs> to. And so, yeah, a little too much of that. That's going to throw people off because nobody under 60 in this country goes to musicals. Uh, and with any type of regularity, or if they do, it's by accident. And I think a lot of people by accident will go into this film thinking it's a cool sto- story about a kid who played the piano, who r- rose from nothing with an abusive father and a, a, a doting a grandmother. It's a great family story. Ah, oh, the music is excellent. A lot of the times the musical numbers aren't really intrusive. It's really cool. It's quirky like Elton John. He's the executive producer. This movie is a lot like his costumes, quirky and odd. And he was always quirky and odd. He owns it in the film and imperfect. People always adored him, even when he was being an asshole, high on cocaine. But no matter what, people remain loyal to him. I just thought it was a terrific film and the best movie I've seen so far this year. You know, one of the reviews says an epic musical fantasy about the uncensored human story of Sir Elton John's breakthrough years. And that, Mm -hmm. to me, sums it all up. A couple of things. Elton John and his early upbringing with his family and how he learned to play the piano and you know, coming to big decisions early in his life about what his future would be, just like the Beatles wanting to get out of Liverpool and take it global and every artist that we've seen who's become iconic from Janis Joplin to Alice Cooper to, you know, the Rolling Stones, they all have a dream that they want to use their talents to go somewhere. Mm -hmm. And Elton John used his talents to go global from the concert at Dodger Stadium to the residency at the Coliseum in Las Vegas to the impact that he's had. Everyone knows the songs, but did they know that Bernie Taupin wrote the songs and they covered that beautifully in the movie because Elton John didn't write the lyrics to the song. He would get envelopes in the mail and get the lyrics and then he'd put them to his music and Bernie and Elton had probably... I would say arguably Mount Rushmore, the greatest connection between songwriter and music producer and arranger in the history of modern rock or music. I love the fact, Tom, that they identified that part of the story, which how could you forget? But they really wove it through the entire picture. Well, Elton John didn't mind. He really put his ego aside for this movie and let them tell the story exactly as it was and as it is. From the times he were, you know, the times where he was drinking and taking too many drugs and not behaving very well, he let them keep that in, and of course he let Bernie Taupin get all the credit for writing 
every word of every song and they covered the and they covered you know bernie Taupin, a straight guy elton john not and they covered how the original music producer had made them move in together he said mccartney and lennon moved in together you two had to move in together and that's when elton john had to kind of open up with bernie and say well there's one thing that's different about us bernie and it, so that, they covered that beautifully too because so english english guys can act so macho but kind of in a social political way they're always kind of open-minded and bernie Toppin didn't realize elton was gay until uh there was a meeting when someone had outed elton and then went really and like, oh, okay which is typically english and the way they covered that was really nice and that friendship because when it gets down to the nitty gritty, we all have a lot more in common than we are different. And they covered not only that part of the relationship really well, but the professional part of the relationship where Elton John made those words danced on air. I hope I get I get his name right. Teron Egerton or Teron Egerton, who played Elton John in the movie, is not a recognizable oh. name, but he's been in a bunch of movies. And what I also liked about it was I knew he was an Elton John. In the beginning of the movie, when we saw right. Bohemian Rhapsody and, you know, Rami Malek ended up winning my favorite award, the award that Daniel Day-Lewis wins and Tom Hanks, best actor, Rami Malek was lip syncing, lip syncing. He That wasn't his voice. And right. I said to myself, really, we're going to give him the Academy Award because he put in teeth? That looked like Freddie, or he danced like him, oh, and it was, was great. Great, it was alone, a great. He was great. No, it was a great role. It was a great role. But how about the guy who played Elton John? After you got over the fact that he looks nothing like Elton John, and they tried to make him look like Elton John, I never once had that connection until he started singing the songs at the Troubadour and at Dodger Stadium, and all the events and all the big videos that they were producing i thought he pulled it off i thought he went out there in those musical scenes and did a fantastic job for a guy who doesn't have a background singing like elton oh it was great and it's funny you point that out i think he pulled off looking like elton john really well because elton john uh, is such an average looking guy so they really didn't need it's not like going out and finding someone who looks like brad pitt or someone who's super legendary like uh mick jagger uh, you really, he was an average, Alan John was so average looking with a non-athletic body. And so they didn't have to try as hard. They could just go for the most talented, average looking guy. And they got one. And he does a super job being Elton John. And you can kind of get lost in the movie. And that's a lot of times you can, can get lost better in films when you're unaware of who the actors are because it doesn't get in the way. And that's also what made this movie really special was there wasn't very many there weren't very many famous names in the movie and it didn't get in the way of your fantasy well, as we wrap up our review of rocket man the movie also the drug use was incredible yeah and for Elton john if you look at the movies we just mentioned bohemian rhapsody and you go back to all the iconic rock movies even the ones that you know weren't on the big screen but on netflix motley Crue's movie the dirt oh. and everything we've seen with you know, iconic rock stars using drugs. Elton might have beat them all. There was a point in time when Elton John was drinking a bottle of vodka a day, snorting more cocaine than a Colombian yeah, drug lord. As much as he wanted to. Yep. As much as he wanted, he was always high. I'm shocked that he's alive today. I really am. And I thought that Elton did a great job showing all the warts 
in his life and didn't hide behind that. And I won't spoil the end of the movie and the credits at the end, but stated the end of the movie. Elton really did a great job making sure that this was uncensored. And you got to see him at some of the worst stages of his life when he was clearly addicted to drugs and alcohol, and he's lucky to be alive. Kind of makes you wonder, were we lied to? Are alcohol and drugs that bad for you? <laughs> if he's doing so well and Keith Richards is doing so well, uh, the, you know, it's probably important to scare children, and it probably was important to frighten us about how bad they could be for you. But, God, these guys are, are certainly uh, you know, throw-out statistics when it comes to that because he uh, he might have set the record. If it was a contest, he, he won it. With the greatest showman and La La Land and now Rocket Man, <laughs> am I going to be seeing more musicals coming up again? Because usually musicals are for little boys and girls that go to DVD, and then we see the sound of music and watch it for 50-plus years. Should I expect, Tom Looney, you're the movie guy here, that I'll be walking into more iconic movies about legendary musicians and they're going to turn into musicals or legendary politicians like alexander hamilton oh <laughs> god that's good oh so, you're so good <laughs> i hope not jt <laughs> i hope you're wrong but remember you know when things have a great success hollywood does a lot of copycat a lot of copycatting going on in hollywood so we may end up seeing more musicals but i think you know, as I always say, I think musicals are narrow casting and not broadcasting. When you want to appeal in modern times to you know a broad number of citizens, I think uh, keep the musicals to a minimum, but they're not going to listen to me. From my wife's beautiful walk-in closet, thanks for listening to the JT and Looney <laughs> podcast. From my mother's basement as well. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.